0: You're listening to the Life in Christ Church Podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend?
1: Good morning. You know what, you never have to wonder if Pastor Joe and Pastor Sarah are excited You never have to wonder about that. I wonder if if Pastor Joe gets up in the morning and he gets his coffee and he says, Pastor Sarah, where's my coffee? Is my coffee okay? My coffee's going to give me strength today. My coffee's going to keep me awake today. Is that what he does in the morning? (laughs) I love you, Pastor Joe. I love that passion that you have. Don't ever be somebody else. Be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that many years ago. Yeah, I was down in in I got to tell that story now since I said that. Down in uh, Jamaica, our very first missions trip that we ever took in 1978, at the end of the year, we uh, took 40 people from our church. Church was about 250 people at that time. We took 40 people on this mission trip, and uh, uh, a guy by the name of VT Williams. We had met him. And he's now, he's turning 90 this month, and he's still preaching, turning 90. I told him the last time I saw him, I say, I say, VT, I call him Pop. Hey, say, a Pop, I want to be like you when, I, when I'm 90. <laughs> and um, so he, we took 40 people. 20 of them went across the island to, to do a crusade, a tent crusade, and, and uh, 20 stayed at Kingston, Jamaica, to build an actual building for one of his churches. And so uh, I went across the island and uh, you know I was shy. When I was young, I was shy. When I when I when I when the teacher asked me to stand up and, and read out of a book in at school, I fainted. And uh, so I told the Lord when I when I when he called me to preach, I said, I faint. But then I found that scripture that you read, Marlene, that he's made us able ministers on the new covenant. And um, so I went across the island, and we had that tent meeting. Thousands of people were there. And, and inside, I wanted to preach. I wanted to preach, but, but I was scared. So, but you got to watch those secret desires because God will give them to you. Yeah. So VT says, hey, Pastor Sam, when not, you want to preach tomorrow night? I said, uh, 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 well, uh, okay. And uh, so the next night, I got up and preached. And I preached for 20 minutes about the woman with the issue of blood, and I didn't know what else to say. I just ran out of words to say, so I, so I uh, had an altar call. I thought, well, I guess I'll have an altar call. So about 20 people came, and I prayed for them, and I sat down. Now, VT, he's an old-time evangelist, and uh, he, he waves a white hanky. And he started to preach, and he preached for 10 minutes about the gospel of Jesus. And then he had an altar call. Hundreds of people came. (laughs) Hundreds of people came. (laughs) And I thought, oh man, I was so dejected. (laughs) The next morning at breakfast, he said, Pastor Sam, swim in your own lane. I said, what? He said, swim in your own lane. He said, last night you were trying to be like me. I said, yeah, I was. He said, you're not me and I'm not you. He said, I can't do the work God has called you to, and you can't do the work God has called me to do. He said, Be yourself. Never forgot that. All of my life. You got to be you. Don't ever try to be anybody else. <laughs> Amen. Happy church anniversary. Yeah, great what God is, is doing here. It's good to be with you. It's good. We enjoy our connection with In the Light Ministries, and I forgot that story. I forgot that offering that we took uh, until you talked about it. You know, I just always felt as a church you have to be generous, not just as individuals but as a church. And so I would, many times when uh, missionaries would come, I would receive an offering unannounced, unannounced, I would never announce it, and uh, uh, I'll tell you about the largest one, the largest one we ever received. And, and some of my elders were saying, now, Pastor Sam, if you do that all the time, it'll affect the tithe the next week. Because people are give their time, they won't be so. It, it always grew. It never worked that way. It always grew. <laughs> and so we had um, a man that was riding in an airplane and he saw the, a magazine, the airline magazine. There's a story in there about North Korea and how, how there was a famine in 1997 and 98. And uh, I knew this guy, and he told me about it. And I said, why don't you come to um, worship center, and I'll give you 10 minutes to talk about what your vision is to try to help the famine in North Korea. Of course, North Korea is totally close to the gospel, even today yet. But he's gone in there now about 80 times since 1997 to do humanitarian work, and he started some small groups of ministry undercover. And um, so he came, and um, he said, we want to help with the famine, we're going to build bread factories and we're going to lease buildings and we're going to put um, equipment in there to build, to, to um, make bread, make bread. And he said, um, it costs $60,000 to equip one bread factory and $12,000 a year for flour. So I just stood up after he said, (laughs) boldly said to the people, we're going to build a bread bread factory. We're going to do one. I just said it. And after I said it, I thought, oh, what did I just say? And then I said, we're going to receive it all in this offering today. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe I said it. Sometimes you just have to say it. You have to say it first. (laughs) So. I said, and so I said, and, and then we received the offering, and I'm like sweating. And, uh, and the next morning, I I, I got a, I, I called the director of finance and said, Lester, Lester, do you have good news for me? <laughs> he said, Pastor Sam, you'll never believe it. I said, I will too. I'll believe it. I'll believe it. And uh, he said, you, we received seventy-four thousand dollars. <laughs> seventy-four thousand dollars to build a bread factory put the equipment in there, and 12,000 for the first year's flour. And then somebody said, hey, those loaves of bread need raisins. And I'm going to donate a whole uh, container, you know, like a train container, full of raisins. So now they were spitting out 12,000 loaves of bread a day with raisins in them. (laughs) They did that for years until the famine finally uh, was taken care of by much of the humanitarian work. Anyway, uh, how many of you know this last year has been an interesting year? (laughs) I'm I'm almost getting tired of talking about that, though. You know, because uh, I'm just glad that I don't have to wear a mask anymore and all that. But anyway, no problem if you want to wear a mask, buddy, that's fine. No problem. Uh, You know, in our family, you know the enemy has tried to use this to bring division in the church and in our families. Even in our own little family, you know, we had uh, my son, Jamie, and his wife, they wanted to, Jamie, my son, Jamie, and his wife, they, they, they were very, very cautious, which is great. And then my other daughter, Nicole, and her husband, Jeff, they said, nobody's going to tell me to wear a mask. I don't care what anybody says. So we had this in our family and that. So Sherlon and I said, well, uh, what are we going to do? Well, I guess we will just kind of kind of walk down the middle, you know, and... We had to have three Christmases, take care of everybody. <laughs> but anyway, thank God that things are getting better. You know what a good posture is? When we go through stuff like we did this past year or any hard times in life, a good posture is always to stay thankful. Always give thanks to God and not give in to complaining and grumbling like so many people did in the last year. Amen? Amen. Are you all here today? You know, opinions are strong, voices are loud in our world today, but we need to have love and compassion for everybody, even if we disagree with each other's opinions. It's been a walk of faith for pastors. It's been a walk of faith, because no matter what decision they made, Somebody was upset. So I decided I'm going to become a listener more than ever. I've always been a good listener, but I became an even better listener to hear what people are saying, not just with these ears, but with my heart. And then I decided to recognize that God's word never changes. Things can shake around us. The world can shake. You know what the Apostle Paul said? He's in prison. He said, and because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. The Apostle Paul. Then he says, but the word of God cannot be chained. Amen. <laughs> I love that. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory In Christ Jesus to those God has chosen I love that I've been chained like a criminal but the Word of God cannot be chained always remember that no matter what you're going through and God can always turn things around I don't know if you sing that song here pastor Sarah see a victory you sing that song here there's one line in there that says that he can he takes the good and turn takes the evil and turns it around for good and that's what God does, and that's what He did here in this church too. Because when you went live on Facebook or wherever you went, more people heard the gospel than ever. You know that's what's been happening in churches all over the place. The the pastors I've been I've been uh, interacting with, and then never lose sight of your vision. Never lose sight. There's lots of distractions, but never lose sight of what God has called you to do. No matter no matter what. Uh, comes our way. Amen? I want to talk for a few minutes today about the power of believing. I was praying, I said, Lord, what should I, what should I say to life in Christ church today? And um, the word believe <laughs> came to my mind. The word believe. The power of believing. I want to encourage you today In your believing or your lack of believing, maybe you're tired of believing because you've been disappointed too many times. Maybe we need to renew our believing. You know, in in John chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, you can can turn there. In John chapter 1, it says, He, meaning Jesus, came into the very world He created that the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people, and even they rejected Him. But to all who believed, to all who believed Him and and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. How many of you are glad you're a child of God today? They are reborn, not with a physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one And only son, that one part there, he came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him, all who believed him and accepted him, believe is to accept as true, or to entrust, or to trust in, or to rest upon the word believe. And I, as I was thinking about this message, my mind went back to when I was a young adult growing up in an Amish family and um, I had so many questions about what I was told to believe as an Amish young adult and if I didn't believe that way I was looked down on and felt not accepted by the church basically I was told I was supposed to believe a certain way that I didn't understand But I was to believe that anyway, just because. And and that was never enough for me. I was always, I just wanted answers. Wasn't enough for me. Some people that's enough, not for me. So in search of answers, I took a bold step and stood and told my parents one day, I wasn't remaining in the Amish church And traditions. I was 18. I actually left because I wanted a car. And uh, so um, it was nothing spiritual, Jamie, nothing at all. It's just I wanted a car. I'd be out in the field with Six Mule Team on a hot August afternoon in the field and I'd see a car go by and I'm thinking, oh man, I want one of those. And then I think, what in the world's wrong with a tractor anyhow? That was just me. You know how I left? I, I should have been more sensitive, because, but I was wild. I was, I, was, I was disrespectful, I was rebellious. Thanks for helping me preach on. I was rebellious, disrespectful, I was. And so every year for a week, we'd go down to Wildwood, me and my friends, Amish friends. And Down there, we wouldn't dress Amish. You wouldn't know we were Amish down there. But Sherlin always says, yes, I would. I'd pick him out anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we go down there and it was a wild week so one time I mean it, it, it was its name Wildwood it was a wild week and so one time I told my, fr- my Amish friends I said this time I'm not, I'm not putting my Amish clothes back on they said no you're not going to do that I said nope I'm going home and you know how I went home I went home in white pants and a red shirt now I could have been more sensitive you know and wore something dark you know but a white pants and a red shirt and I walked into our house I thought my mom was going to faint she said Samuel what are you doing I thought she's going to faint pass out <laughs> just not considerate at all you know anyway that's how I left well you know they were disappointed but they were gracious and allowed me to live at home where most, I should say many, families would have said to their 18-year-old son, goodbye, live somewhere else. But my parents weren't that way. They were always a little more spiritual-minded. And uh, my dad was a rebel. He, he, he just was a rebel. The bishop came to see him often, often. He'd trim his beard and the bishop would come and see him, he's, now, now, Dan, you know, it's communion next, or in two weeks it's communion, and you can't trim your beard, you can't trim your beard, you know, you, can't. you gotta let your beard grow, you let your beard grow, and my dad would say, okay, and then he would say, my dad would always put fancy stuff on his horse bridle, horse's bridle, you know, little ornamental horse heads and little white and things and little chrome pieces and you know i look at and 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 the, and the preacher would say and a bishop would say now dan you know your bridle and your your harness you it, that's you can't receive communion that way and then he, and my dad would always wear a three and a half inch brim hat and you were supposed to have a four and a half inch brim hat and he'd wear a three and a half so he but my dad had a communion hat on the shelf so when the bishop, I said, okay, okay, no problem. So for two weeks, he didn't trim his beard, you know, and he, and he took all the stuff off the harness. But then Monday after communion, everything was back. That was my dad. I loved him. He's been gone since 1990. But they never distanced from me. How can I be laughing and crying at the same time? (laughs) They never distanced from me, even in my rebellion. That's what kept me. That's what kept me. I'll never forget the first wild Amish party I went to when I was 16. I was coming home, you laugh, but they were wild. I'm telling you, wild, wild. And uh, so the first one I went to, I came, it's a long story, I can't tell, don't have time to tell the whole story. But my cousin, who lived a half a mile from us, brought me home from the party at three o'clock in the morning, and he was drunk, driving. And I walked from their house to our house through the fields in the dark. I was scared in that party, and I remember this voice said to me, this is not for you. This is not for you. I remember that. But I kept going back, kept going back. For eight years, sin will always keep you longer than you want to stay. Kept me for eight years. Never got saved till I was 24. But the love my parents showed me during those years kept me searching for what I really believed, even though it was difficult for them to tell me what to believe. It was religion. You just believed it because. But there was something instilled into me that kept me tied to something that I didn't even realize was there. So if you have a wayward son or daughter, don't give up. Don't give up because there's seeds in there that you put in there. Don't ever give up. And the character and the love of my parents. Kept speaking to me no matter how far I was trying to run from God. In those years, right in the middle of those years, Cheryl and I got married. I kind of hoodwinked her. You know, she thought I was saved, but I wasn't. I would go to parties after I'd drop her off with, on our dates. and She didn't know that. She told, me, she told me later, if I'd ever known that, it would have been this. <laughs> so we moved to Phoenix, Arizona. I got saved out there. My life was a mess. Our first four years of marriage uh, were terrible. And, um, but because of her, we stayed together. Even though she locked me out of the house sometimes. Because I was so drunk. And uh, what, hap- what happened to me, Jamie, I would, I, would, I would have really a lot of fun for two or three hours getting drunk. And then I'd get sick. And I'd go home and throw up over everything and uh, so that was one time too many for her man yeah good for her man I saw fire spit out of her eyes like never before she said
0: get out of this house
1: (laughs) she had to me drag a mattress out. get this mattress out of here took me out of the back lay out there till morning you're not going to freeze to death it's phoenix
0: it's warm here
1: i'm going to lock you out i never saw fire in her eyes like that it scared me Never try to take a mattress out of the house when you're drunk It wasn't funny then. But all that time I was in a search. What am I supposed to believe? What am I supposed to believe? All that time I went to church, I was part of a Mennonite church, I was the head usher. They had no discernment whatsoever. None. I'd be out drunk as a skunk on Saturday night. Sunday morning, I'd be the head usher in church. All in a search. What? What should I believe? So one night, one day in that dead church, a group of singers called the Agape Players came and they were singing and there was something different about them later on realized that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they sang and went in here we followed them around because I was a mess followed them around Phoenix a couple nights and one night Sherlyn said I'm going up to rededicate my life before I knew it I was up there beside her little 14 year old boy came to pray with me that was part of that band I don't know his name. Maybe when I get to heaven, I'll meet him. And uh, my life was changed. I know it doesn't work that way for everybody, but one day I was going this direction. The next morning I was going the other direction. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do really. Nobody really told me about discipleship. I didn't know. So I just went out and bought a Bible. I bought the paraphrased edition called the Living Bible. And I couldn't get more, enough. I read and read and read. I read that Bible seven times the first year. And that hunger for the Word has never left me. It's never left me. You know, when you opened that night, when I, when I went up front, I just, my, I just opened my heart just a little bit. And when I did, the Holy Spirit just started coming in. He'll work with what you give Him. He'll work with what you give him. When you open your door just a little bit, he'll start working on you. <laughs> you know the verses that, that uh, brought me in that night? I know you know these verses. And I know you might be thinking, Pastor Sam, I know all that. I know, but I'm going to tell you again. In Romans 10, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe... That's what I'm talking about. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. See, I used to think it was more than that. I used to think you had to, you know, grow a beard and wear a four and a half inch brim hat. I thought it was more than that. I didn't know it was just believing. And then this one really Nailed it for me in 1 John 5. It says, and this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I have written this to you but who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know. <laughs> Everybody say no. no. That you may know that you have eternal life. See, the Amish church, they don't believe you can know. You do the best you can, and then hopefully, they'll let you in. That you may know, man, when I saw that that night, that just set me free, brought me in. That you may know that you have eternal life. So these scriptures put me on a path of believing that God had a plan and a purpose for my life. And I began a journey with Jesus that has now been going for 49 years. And that union with Jesus, that relationship with Him, started to become a powerful force in my life. So I believed to receive salvation, but then when you do, what happens is that believing on the inside becomes a powerful force in your life so that you can fulfill the plan and purpose for your life and for the life of this church. To fulfill God's plan for our lives, for this church, life in Christ. Our believing in that plan brings it to pass. Believe means to be persuaded, to place confidence in, to rely upon. So my life became a, 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 a force of believing. Believing that I could pastor a church believing that, that we could reach people, believing that I could go on a mission trip, believing that, that we could change, see people's lives changed. And I thought about this scripture, this story in Mark chapter 9. It's probably familiar to many of you. It says, when they returned to the other disciples, this is Peter, James, and John, they were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus said. Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently into the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, and they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people. (laughs) How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus said to the father, he replied since he was a little boy. So evidently he was now maybe a teenager, maybe he's 20s, I don't know. So it was a long time. The spirit, the the father talking, the spirit often throws, often, throws him into the fire and into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Now watch the answer here. The father says, help us if you can. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. All things are possible to him that believeth, it says in one uh, translation. All things are possible to him that believeth, he said to the boy. The father instantly cried, I "I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. (laughs) That's how we feel sometimes, isn't it? We want to believe in here, but our mind gives us trouble. You can't do that. You can't do that. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people, as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him up to his feet and he stood up. But I wanted you to see how Jesus answered the boy's father. What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. So believing becomes a way of life for us. Our believing has a lot to do with how our life turns out or how the circumstances in our life turns out. Our believing, our faith then will help us deal with the circumstances of life. Rather than plunging into despair, we believe in Jesus and in what He can do through us. In in Matthew 9, I'm reading this from the message translation, it says, As Jesus left the house, this is Matthew 9, 27, he was followed by two blind men, crying out, Mercy, Son of David, mercy on us. When Jesus got home, the blind men went in with him. Now watch this, Jesus said to them, Do you really believe I can do this? Do you really believe I can do this? So that tells me that our believing has a lot to do with what we experience in life. He says, Do you really believe I can do this? They said, Why, yes, Master. He touched their eyes and said, Become what you believe. Become what you believe. It happened. They saw. Then Jesus became very stern. Don't let a soul know how this happened. But they were hardly out the door before they started blabbing it to everyone they met. Become what you believe. Now that can be very powerful in our lives. It's not believing. Now I'm not talking about believing aside from Jesus. I'm not talking about self-help. I'm not saying that doesn't help self-help. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the spiritual force of believing that enters our lives when we believe on the name of Jesus Christ. Not only does it make salvation real to us, but it becomes a powerful force in our lives and paves a way for us to walk on in life. So we need to believe. We need to be believers because God wants to use us to impact and influence our world, influence Lancaster City and wherever God leads you to life in Christ church. God wants you to believe that the impossible is possible. <laughs> now, it, it, you have to believe it a step at a time. If you would have told me that worship center would grow the way it did and that now we're reaching out to 120 nations in the world, I'd have probably laughed at you when you said that. So you got to believe it one step at a time. From one nation in Jamaica to 120 today. (laughs) From this little Amish boy. If God can use this little Amish boy, he can use you. With 8th grade education. No high school, no college, nothing. Just nine months of Rhema. Nine months of the Word being stoked into us. (laughs) That's what changed our lives. We came out of there believing we could do whatever God calls us to do. Amen. Now you might say, well, Pastor Sam... You know, I've had a lot of setbacks and I've had a lot of disappointments, and um, I, I, I hear you, but I don't know—I don't know if I want to believe anymore because I've had too many setbacks, too many disappointments. I stuck my neck out there one too many times. I'm not going to stick it out again because every time I stick my neck out there, it gets cut off. Not really believing anymore not believing that anything good can happen anymore because of setbacks and disappointments. That's what the enemy wants. That's what he wants. What you get you so disappointed and so discouraged, he said, ah, forget that stuff. No, don't lose your hope. Don't lose your vision. Well, you know, Pastor Sam, I'm just going to coast through life. I'm just going to, you know, have a mediocre life and just whatever, whatever, whatever. No, 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 no. You know, um, in Exodus 6, I don't know if any of you have seen this. In Exodus 6, in verse 2, Moses was the leader of the children of Israel. And God said to Moses, Can I have a Kleenex? I got it, I got it. This is Moses. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty, but I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan, where they were living as foreigners. This is Exodus 6, verse 5 now. You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel. God hears you. He knows your situation. I have heard the groans of the people of Israel who are now slaves to the Egyptians. They were slaves. And I'm well aware of my covenant with them. Therefore, Moses, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. This is the message I want you to take to the children of Israel, Moses. Moses. I am the Lord, I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with the powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. Now that sounds like a pretty good Message of hope to give to the children of Israel, right? You would, think, you would think they'd have a shouting party. Yes! Yes! We've been slaves long enough. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused. They refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. One translation says they have become too discouraged to believe anymore, and that attitude kept them bound even for more years. So we we need to uh, maybe it's time for us to refocus. Some of us here, I don't know your situation. Time to refocus. Time to reset. Don't let the enemy get us too discouraged to believe. Well, I'm just going to settle in. I'm not going to. No, no, God. You you know, God has great things in store for all of us, but we have to believe that He does. We need to believe our God is a God of restoration. No matter how many setbacks we've had, He has a plan for our life. No matter how many times we've been disappointed. <laughs> Amen. Believe the power of believing. I remember when our little boy died. He he died in a got out on the road when he was 16 months old and he, and he uh, died car hit him. He died. And um, you know it that was the worst day of our lives before and since. <laughs> And um, so for days I didn't go to work. I was grief-stricken. So what was I going to do? Was I going to stay in that despair? Or was I going to believe that God can get me out of that? So one day Sherilyn said to me, I think that we should just worship God because we were asking why 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 did this happen why us out of all the little boys around why ours (laughs) and but we didn't get any answers we asked why why and many times you don't get answers when you ask why and so she said I think we should just worship the Lord in spite of what happened, I said, okay. So I said, okay, I'm going to put this experience back here on the shelf. I'm going to put it right here. I'm not going to put it too far away, though, but I'm going to put it right there. Because if anyone else ever has something similar happen to them or has a devastating experience, I'm going to go pick that up, and I'm going to bring it out, and I'm going to use it to help someone else. I'm not going to let it dominate my life, the grief of it anymore. I'm going to turn it around and use it to help someone else. And we have done that many, many, many times. Maybe someday we'll know why it happened. I don't know. But probably when we get to heaven, every, everything will be so glorious we for, will forget about that. And... Um, I'll never forget. And so we, we went to our Bible study and we started worshiping God, and God began to set us free, and we started to believe that we could be set free from that. I was a drywaller at that time. that was before ministry days, and um, this lady called me and she said, uh, uh, "Mr. Smucker, I need my house done." I told her what had happened. She said, okay, but I need my house done. So, so I didn't go to work for a couple of days. I, 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 I was paralyzed. And then uh, she called me again. And she said, Mr. Smucker, I need my house done. And I told her, I said, well, I'm still trying to, you know, deal with, with what happened. She said, I don't care if your son died or not. I need my house done. Now, that sounded really rough. But you know what, Pastor Phil? It's what I needed. I needed a kick in the pants, even though it sounded rough, to get me, to jar me away from what the enemy was trying to do to me. And get my believing again (laughs) that God had good things in store. I mean, one day when I get to heaven, when we get to heaven, there's going to be this, this, this this good-looking young man, just like his father, going to walk toward us, and it'll be our son, Christopher. Yeah. So we had lost hope, but hope came back. Faith came back. Believing came back. All right, I went long enough. How many of you would say, Pastor Sam, I need need someone to believe with me? Sometimes it's, you can't believe for somebody, but you can believe with them. Sometimes when people die, when you pray for them, they die anyway. You ever have that happen? (laughs) I have in 40 years of ministry. You pray for somebody to get healed and they die anyhow. (laughs) you You know what I found out, Pastor Joe, after 40 years of pastoring? that happened many times we also had people that got healed you know what I finally came to the conclusion is I cannot believe for you and you can't believe for me I can believe with you and I can pray with you and I can support you but I can't believe for you and I can't receive for you and that'll set you free in pastoring you don't have to have an answer why somebody didn't receive just always remember healing was there for them Whatever happened, I don't know why they didn't receive, but you did your part. You prayed for them, believed with them, but you cannot receive for them. <laughs> Amen. How many would say, Pastor Sam, I, I, need, I need someone to believe with me on a particular in my life. Let's all stand together. If that's you, just come and stand here with me, and we'll just pray. Come and stand here with me. Say, that's me. I need someone. Come right up here. I need someone to believe with me. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's a relational issue in your, in your family. Maybe it's a wayward son or daughter. Maybe it's a marriage situation. I don't know your situation. No? Okay, it's fine. I'm just going to pray a a general prayer, unless the Holy Spirit shows me something, okay? And uh, we're going to believe with you. We're going to believe with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring all of these situations to you. Whatever it is, whatever it is, for them in Jesus name we believe with them we exercise our faith with theirs in Jesus name we exercise our faith with theirs in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Lord I pray that that the power of believing would be restored into their lives the power of believing would be restored into their lives reset, refocus you've lost hope you've lost hope put your faith in Jesus that hope will come back anything is possible to him that believes that's the words of Jesus (laughs) amen that's the words of Jesus we believe Lord we believe that every situation will be taken care of Thank you, Father. Let's thank Him now. Let's thank Him now. Let's thank Him. Let's worship Him. Thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. We worship You. We praise You. We give You glory. We give You honor. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. We worship You. We worship You. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. Thank you Jesus. We worship You today. We worship you today. Thank you for setting them free. Thank you for setting them free. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I pray for Jamie and Ricky. What is what is on your heart? Is all my marriage? Yeah. 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 Are you married? Okay. Father, I pray for Jamie and Ricky. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to them today. I pray that their marriage will be strong. I pray that hope would be restored into their hearts, into their lives. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, you know, the Lord, the Lord has a plan and a purpose for your lives Lord, I pray that you would reveal that plan and purpose for their lives. Reveal that plan and purpose so they could walk it out. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Whatever that secret desire is in your heart, that's what God wants to give you. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you. Praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just worship Him for a little bit? Father, thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. you. Do any of you have a wayward son or daughter? I mean, they're away from the Lord. How many of you have? Okay, you have. Okay, back there. Why don't, you, why don't you all come right up here close to me? I just want to pray for you. Come right up here. A wayward son or daughter, don't ever give up on him. I'm so glad. I'm so glad people didn't get my mom and dad giving, didn't give up on me. Don't give up on him. Never give up on him. Did you hear me? Never give up on him. Just love them. You don't agree with what they're going and what direction they're taking. You don't agree with, that's okay. But you love them. My parents, I mean, I was the wildest dude, you know. I was disrespectful and all of that, but my parents kept loving me. Kept loving me. Kept loving me. Don't ever give up. Did did you hear me? Do you hear me? And you might say, well, I already gave up. No, bring that hope back. Because God's not willing that any should perish. Father, in Jesus' name, pray for these sons and daughters. Bring them back, Lord. Bring them back. Bring them to yourself. Thank you for the Holy Spirit working in their lives. That seed that is planted in their hearts, growing, growing in Jesus' name. That seed keeps working, keeps working, keeps working, even when it looks like it's not working in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We claim them for the kingdom of God. We claim them. What's her name? What's her name? Missy. What? Missy. Missy, what's his name? What's her name? Eden. Eden. Eden? Eden. Missy and Eden. What's her name? The name of my son? Yeah. Alex. Alex. Okay? And what's her name? Colby. Coben. Colby. Yeah. My daughter's name is Jennifer Jessica. Jennifer. Father, you heard these names. We lift them up to you. Claim them for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You have a plan. You have a plan and a purpose for their lives. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now get a picture of them in the kingdom. Get a picture of them in the kingdom. Don't picture them the way they are. Don't picture them the way they are. Picture them in the kingdom. Let the word of God paint a new picture. Get in the word of God. And let the word paint a new picture for your son and your daughter hallelujah hallelujah thank you father we claim each one of them for heaven for the kingdom of God not only that but we claim that they will fulfill your purpose here on the earth let me tell you this yet and then I'm done everybody look at me so we had one of our sons his name is Jamie and he had two DUIs and he was going the wrong direction and so he was a, he's a drummer. He's a jazz drummer. And so uh, one day I felt impressed in my spirit to say, not pray, just to say, Lord, put Jamie with Clyde. And Clyde Lucas was a professional jazz drummer. He's with the Lord now. Put Jamie with Clyde. I said it every day for a year. <laughs> every day for a year. And one day, Jamie comes to me. He said, he said Dad, what would you think if I get lessons from Clyde? Great idea. Great idea. And the first lesson he had with Clyde, Clyde led him back to the Lord. Renewed his life to the Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you, God can do it. You can't fix it, so trust Him. Amen. Amen.
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, when, when we're believing for our son or daughter to come back to the Lord, it seems like it's taken so long and we, get, we just get tired and, and we just think, is it ever going to happen? So I just felt like when I felt myself doubting and just being, you know, weary, is it ever going to happen? I spoke the words out and I said, Thank you, Lord. See, I prayed the answer. I said the answer, I spoke it over Him. Thank you, Lord, that Jamie is fulfilling the plan that you have for his life. Not that he will be, but he is. And so as I kept saying that and praying and just praying protection over him, over his mind, over his body, because he had an accident one time and ended up in 283 with his Jeep upside down. And he said, well, I was lucky. I said, son, luck has nothing to do with that. That's God's protection just had a bruise on his arm so just something to encourage you that our prayers are following them our prayers follow them and they're, they're there they're there so they're working and just keep thanking God for that plan and the purpose that that they're following pray the answer what do you want to see what do you want to see speak and pray the answer prophesy, <laughs> <Yeah>. speak <laughs> prophesy, the speak, the speak the answer over that son or daughter, and they'll be there. There's,
1: there's an old song called Precious Memories. I'm not going to sing it, but look up the lyrics. Look up the lyrics. If I'd sing it, you'd all leave quickly, but, but look up the lyrics. There's one verse in there that says their prayers, talks about your mom and your dad, their prayers. their prayers are still following me. Let's thank God today. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. Thank you.
0: Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's give Pastor Sam and Cheryl a round of applause. If you wouldn't make your way to your seat, just give me uh, three more minutes and we'll be out of here. Thank you, Father. Turn it off. Just three minutes. Really appreciate it. We've had a phenomenal service. Powerful word. And I believe a lot of you have been encouraged. Have you been encouraged this morning? Come on. Have you been strengthened this morning? Glory to God. Listen, expect to leave here differently. Don't let the enemy lie to you. By the grace of God, you will do the word that we just received. We will believe right, because believing is everything. You believe wrong, you, you you will you will you will live. It'll show in your life. But you believe right, it'll show also. So that's what we're talking about. I want to be a blessing to Pastor Sam Smucker and his wife uh, for coming and ministering uh, to us, and we will. But want to give you the opportunity to sow into that. Um, we believe in being a blessing, don't we? When people come minister, the gifts that God sends us, we want to honor them. And you know, you can't just honor with lip service. We honor with substance. Uh, and so. Just want to give you that opportunity in 1 Timothy. Um, elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well. Come on, how many know ministers of the gospel should be taken care of? Come on, they should not be scraping by, just getting barely by, right? Come on, they should have abundance. And where to do that. When we receive spiritual uh, nourishment from a minister, it's good, good practice to sow into that. Now, you're not buying revelation, but where your heart is, there is your treasure. So where you sow, that it's a good indicator of where your heart is. That's what that means. Where you, what you give your money to, it shows how important it is to you. I can tell a lot about you by looking at your bank account. What you spend your money on is what you value. Is that not right? Uh, some people, you'll see Amazon, 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 Amazon. That means you value Amazon. Come on. Other people, you see the minute you know whatever that looks like golf bait whatever hobby you're in but i'm telling you right now don't don't let the church be the 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 place where you give the least don't let the word of god be the last the the minimum amount let it be the most in your life come on you look at our account i'm boasting on the grace of god it's the kingdom of heaven is where we have sown our largest checks. Come on, the most amount of money that I've spent has not been on a television. Come on, if that's you, then we need to change some things. You don't need to give here, but you really need to, to, to operate in that principle of where your heart is there is your treasure. So I want to give you the opportunity to sow into the word that we received to be a blessing to his ministry, and what he's doing is going around the world imparting faith, come on, imparting the word into men and women, and it's making a difference. 120 different countries, uh, worship centers, incredible. Brother Hagen came, came to the church four different times. They were pioneered here. Uh, just just incredible absolutely incredible it's mind-boggling to me uh, and, and he told me when, when we went out to, to breakfast the reason why he went to Raymond is because an Amish in, in the community you only go to eighth grade education and said no high school diploma necessary and so he went and look look what that step incredible what he brought to this region and we're we are a, pro, a product of that incredible so this is a good opportunity to sow into that amen Come on. So let's be generous this morning. A couple of different ways you can give everything, by the way, that comes in goes to, to Pastor Sam, and we'll add to it. So you give a million dollars, he's getting a million dollars, because we don't, we don't play around like that. Cash app, L-I-C-C, give. You can give. Uh, there's a, You can just put in the memo, guest speaker or Pastor Sam on the envelope. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, because you want a record for your giving. Uh, you can put Pastor Sam on there. Text to give. There'll be a drop down for guest speaker online. If you're watching, you can give as well. There is a uh, in the drop down menu. Guest speaker. Licchurch.com. You can go there. There's a couple of different ways to give. More and more people are, are starting to use cash app. I remember we first started. Living nobody used text to give. Some of you've been doing that. Um, yeah, less and less people you writing know, out checks. So I still like to do a check myself, but, uh, these other ways are very convenient. To give. Right. Do you need an offering to you lift your hands up real high. I'll give you a minute to write, write out your offering. Be generous, be a blessing to, to, to the ministry that God has sent us this morning. Oh, good word, Pastor Jim. Good word. So good. So if you would stand to your feet, we're going to, we're going to, I'll dismiss, I'm going to pray over you and dismiss, and as I'm not you just come on up on your way out and put the offering in the bucket. But i never like to finish a service without giving you the opportunity to receive Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior. If you're watching online, today is the day of salvation. So if you're in this place and you've never received Jesus as Lord, today is your day. Most people think that they have to clean themselves up before they come to Jesus, but the reality is you come to Him as you are, and He will give you the strength, the grace, and the help to change whatever you need change. Today is the day to change your eternal destiny. God has given you a free will you can choose. You can choose Jesus, which is the path of eternal life, or you can continue on the path that you're on, and unfortunately that leads to hell. And it's forever and ever and ever. Eternity is forever. The, the, the least amount of time that you will ever live is right now on earth, and it, it goes by like this. It goes by like this. I want to see you in heaven. I want you to make heaven. So if you want to pray that prayer and you say, yes, pastor, I want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, just slip up your hand real quick. Slip up your hand. Anybody in here want to pray that prayer? If you're watching online, you can repeat this prayer after me. Mean it with all your heart. If you guys can join us, say, dear Jesus, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Son of God and the only way to heaven. I repent of all my sin, and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me. Deliver me. Help me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, give, give them a round of applause. Those who are watching online, if you prayed that prayer. The next step, I always say, is to find a good church. You need to get into the church that God has for you, not just the first church of the Frigidaire on the corner. You need to get into a good Bible-based church where they're teaching and preaching the Word of God. Very important. Everybody, lift your hands and pray a blessing over you, and I'll dismiss you. Father, I declare a blessing over every person here. I declare, Father, your goodness and your mercy follows them all the days of their lives. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I declare as you go, you'll be healed, strengthened, edified. And I declare as you seek him this week, a spirit of wisdom and revelation comes upon you. Come on, you'll see further, you'll go further, you'll come up higher. And I declare this will be the best week that you've ever had. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The hand of God upon your life, no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. And I declare you are whole, strengthened, and edified as you leave. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. You're dismissed. You can leave your offerings up here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.